Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, after a very long break, we're back and we're going to be talking Target novels. And this time we're going to be uh, covering The Enemy of the World, uh, the, the uh, second Doctor story that's uh, recently been released as a special edition on DVD, which I still haven't got yet. Have you got it yet? Yeah. Yeah, I have, yeah. No, no, I haven't got the special edition one. Not the special edition one, the one that's just come out. Oh, no, no, me neither. I've got the vanilla one, so... Yeah, that's what I've got, yeah. Yeah. Mainly because I bought it when it came out, so now I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it, actually, but... um... I'm, I'm, and I knew they was gonna, but they was gonna. Oh, they had bring to, out didn't a... they? They had to at some point. But it's just the fact when I, well, after I finished watching it, um, after I read the book for for this podcast, I thought, oh, thanks for some extras now. I said, oh, bugger! <laughs> There's none. Yeah. There's exactly. none there. <laughs> that's, that's what I went went to go for to have a look at the the making of bits, and no, nothing. Nothing there. there nothing there. No. Oh well, never mind. Well, maybe we'll get around to that one day. But um, have have they done Web of Fear? As, um, as a special. No, they haven't. No. Do you think they still think that they're going to get that third Either that or, Either that or they're going to animate it. Yeah. Because they did get that third episode, didn't they? And then it mysteriously vanished. Well, yeah. Apparently, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? It was there when he originally started negotiating. Yeah. And then when he got them all, it was missing. It was missing, yeah. Which is so... a bit right bummer, that one. It really is, but... Uh... But, you know, yeah, I mean, whether, whether, you know, whatever's going on there is just a matter of money is a question of money rather than a question of it not existing. But it usually is down to money at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But anyway, we we digress, don't we? (laughs) Yes. Um, Now, um, as we recalled on the 24th of September, uh, I think it's it's already happened, actually, is the uh, the press launch for series 11 of Doctor Who. So um, there's a few people out there who have already seen that got their, their first glimpse of Jodie Whittaker in action. Yes. And we did we did sort of discuss this, didn't we, um, but before we start recording? Maybe, maybe we should have left it till tomorrow night when all the reports have been out. <laughs> no, we, we've, we've, got a, we've got a cavalier attitude to fight. Oh, we have, haven't we, yes. <laughs> Damn impudence, that's what I say. They, they should have invited us. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if, they, if they're not going to invite us, then we're not going to bother with them. No, so. no, exactly, exactly. So, um, but we're going to go through the news as normal anyway, because well, we've got nothing to talk about from this evening's press launch because it's all not happened yet or still yet to be reported on. Now, um, unfortunately, we do have to start with some with um, some sad news this week since we've been off air. We've lost three people uh, connected uh, to Doctor Who. Uh, first of all, we lost uh, Peter Benson. Um, who was in the Fifth Doctor story Terminus, and the director Lovett Bickford, um, who um, directed the Leisure High of the season eighteen opener. Um, unfortunately, yes. he, he never directed for Doctor Who again after that, did he? No, apparently didn't get on, did he, with Tom Baker in that? No, no, and it went over budget and yeah. blah blah blah. So um, he never he never worked again. But um, I think the one that that we, me and Paul, certainly um, were the sound about was the. Um, Actor Zinia Merton uh, passed away at the age of 72. Now, Zinia Merton was in the missing um, first Doctor story, Marco Polo, from 1964, where she played the character of Ping Cho. Um, but we remember from our child, really, from starring in the Jerry Anson show, Space 1999. Yes. Yeah, um, which I've sort of been watching fairly recently. To be honest, and she was um, she was in all the episodes of the first season, but the second season, 
she sort of came and went out of the out of that season for some reason. I don't know if it was a, a contractual thing or I think that there was. There was a, I don't think it was a very happy production that one, to be honest. But uh, no, I, found, I, mean, I mean, well, she was one of the few that actually stayed for the second series. Yes, indeed, she? yeah. And apparently, wasn't there something that she was sort of promised that she'd have a more prominent role and then it didn't occur it didn't really materialize no yeah um and so she was replaced in a few episodes by uh, another actress playing a completely different character so um yeah but i mean i mean that that was a you know i, I think really for most jerry anson stuff that was a staple of my childhood space 1999 it's something yeah. i absolutely you know i loved watching um and i still do now i, th- I think it's what i know the fashions and and everything don't sort of hold hold up to scrutiny, um, but I I think as as a series and the the model well, nearly, and the model work and stuff, it, I think it still stands up. I think it's great. I mean, you can't criticise the fashions. It's nearly twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that never got quite right in Jerenson thing, was it? It was sort of like thinking of you know, fashion of the future. You know, nice no, everyone was still wearing sort of beige flares and platform shoes. Yes. <laughs> I think we might get on to, to misconceptions of the future later when we get to our review. Yes, we might well. do, actually. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah, I most certainly, actually. Um, yes, so there we are. So, yes, it's very, very sad, really. Um, and I, I also forgot she was that You didn't ever watch the Sarah Jane Adventures, did you? No. No, well, she appeared in a episode of... Um, I think it was the wedding of Sarah Jane Smith. I think that was the name of the episode, actually. But she played the uh, the registrar who married Sarah Jane to uh, Nigel Haver's character. Hmm. That was that was that was the story that uh, David Tennant appeared in as well. Right. It was the last thing David Tennant actually recalled or filmed as the Doctor was actually the Sarah Jane Adventures. So uh, there we go. There we go. So very sad. So anyway, as we said, um, tonight was the press launch for Doctor Who, and as we all know now, Doctor Who, we're back on our screens on Sunday, the 7th of October. So less than two weeks to go now. Uh, and we still don't know what time it's going to be on. But um, I think there was something announced from BBC America that it's going to be on at 2pm on BBC America, which means it'll probably more than likely be 7pm on BBC One. Yeah. Uh, which kind of makes sense. It's not a so given, a... but it, it you know, it, it, that, it would make yeah. sense, you know. Um, it's a nice reasonable time on a Sunday evening. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I don't know if people are expecting it to be on um, to be on earlier or not. I, I'm not sure. But if that that was the case, then it'd be on BBC America before it was on the BBC. Yeah, but I mean that, but that's that, that's quite good because that means that gets the football out of the way from my point of view. <laughs> so, like, it runs quite nicely into that. Well, yeah. I don't... <laughs> Well, I do know that for, for one particular episode, towards the end of, um, I thought this sort of the second last weekend of um, of October, I'm actually going to be away. So, <laughs> right. So I will be back in time to review it, but uh, whether I'll get a chance to watch it twice or not is another matter. But um, yeah, I, I, I think everyone knew it's going to be um, Sundays anyway. We, I think with most people gather, it's going to be in October. But I, um, but yeah, it's good. We're not not too long to wait. Um, we also had a new trailer. Um, released as well, finally a, a proper trailer to advertise the series. Um, still didn't give away anything, did it? No, no, not at all. No. Which, which is what you want from a trailer, really, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> and to be honest, I must admit I haven't studied it too hard. Me it's neither. Been on I think because I've... I wasn't particularly that interested to to sit there and start trying to pick. No, do you, do you know? I I don't like doing that anyway. 
what was good was there didn't seem to be anything that stood out that made me think, oh, is that just a setup taken out of context, as we have had with previous trailers? Yes, it could be. And then when you actually see it, it doesn't actually mean what it looked like in the trailer. Yeah, it could be some sort of promotional thing they've uh, yeah. put together. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, as you say, based on previous, you know, previous, you know, series trailers, then uh, yeah, could be something in that. But yeah, I think I've watched it a couple of times. I haven't. I mean, people are absolutely obsessing over it. Um, I actually saw yeah. it again just tonight as well. Actually, on the telly. Oh, did you? All right. It was on. <laughs> it was on for like in the. The bit of the break, but that's yeah, that's it. I think I've actually watched it purposefully once, and I've now seen it a couple of times mm. just because it's come on as a trailer on the telly. So, well, I think as as we, I think it's been announced anyway. I think most people should know that the first episode is is called "The Woman Who Fell to Earth." Yeah. Um, the second episode is called "The Ghost Monument." Hmm. Um, Chris Chibnall has also reiterated that there are no classic or classic or old monsters in this series. Um, and they are all standalone episodes as well. Good. So yes, indeed. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, I, well, I, one of the one of the things actually that hadn't occurred to me was when talking about it being on a Sunday. Yeah. Was people started talking and saying, "Yeah, no, now now there'd be a whole generation of children that that the theme music to Doctor Who will be a feeling of dread because it's going to be it's the end of the weekend." <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah, that's not a nice feeling, really, is it? <laughs> Mind you, the same, it's the same for a lot of adults because they'll work the next day. So. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, kids. We have exactly the same feeling. It doesn't go away. That Sunday night feeling, it, it never leaves you, does it? So. <laughs> oh dear. So not long to wait. Not long to wait. So um, and of course when, when oh, skipping ahead to the end there, but of course when we're when we're back uh, after our week's break, then we'll we'll be back as a weekly podcast uh, throughout series eleven. As yes. well. I suppose that's news, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's good or bad news for people. It depends on your, your point of view. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we shall see, we shall see. Now, um, I think as, as we knew, there was going to be um, a season of... Uh, was it Peter Davison's first season was going to be released on Blu-ray? Um, yes. Which I understand now has been put back... By another week or so, I think in um, in November. But um, to coincide with this uh, Blu-ray release, um, there's going to be a beer fire screen on Earthshock on Saturday the seventeenth of November, and it's going to be shown the new upscaled um, high definition version, which is going to form part of this Blu-ray release. And afterwards, it's going to be a question answer session with uh, Matthew Waterhouse, as you know, who played Adric, and the uh, writing script editor Eric Saywood. Who actually yes. wrote this story um, as well? Now tickets go on sale on the twenty fifth of September, which was most likely going to be today when this episode is released. Um, but we've already got our tickets, haven't we? Yes. Yes, we are going to be there. We're going to be uh, representing the podcast um, at another beer fire screening. So, um, which, which is why we don't mind advertising because you're not going to nick our tickets. So we don't no, no, it. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, very much looking forward to. Seen it on the big screen. Well, no, that, that yeah. was also kind. Actually, fit, actually fit it into. That's the international break week, so there's no football that Saturday for me. So, oh, even better then. So, <laughs> so everything's coming I, up. I haven't, even had, I haven't even had to make a decision as to what I'm going to do. <laughs> 
Well, I must admit, I, I didn't think members of the BFI, which, which you are, and actually I've now applied to become a member again as well. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, but um, yeah, I, I didn't. I'll send my letter, strong letter, in blocking that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to blackball me or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that. They're letting in everybody, to be women next. <laughs> I do hasten to add, listeners, that was a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, now, it's... Um, what was I going to say? You, you completely made me lose my train of thought of your sexism there, Paul. <laughs> now, what I was going to say, I didn't realise they had gone on sale early to members. Yeah, they're usually about a week before. Yeah, which... Um, it, I must admit, it does kind of, you know, cut the chance of, like, the you know, the, the general public... For, for want of a, a better description of getting tickets, the riffraff. The riffraff, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're not letting them in, are you? <laughs> It'll be women. <laughs> <laughs> women from the general public. Public. <laughs> well, actually, Paul. Actually, technically, you bought that ticket when I was a member of the general public. So you, you're letting the riffraff in. <laughs> Yes, well, I'm signing you in as <laughs> as part of the my generosity to the to, to, to the working to the classes. Yeah. Do, do, do I um do I do I have to bring a tie? <laughs> or can I, and jacket, yeah, and jacket. Or, or, or do I, can I just wear those t-shirts with a bow tie printed on it? <laughs> You're just going to get an eleventh Doctor t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, well, so so if any of you are going, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see you in November if you want to come and say hello. But if, every every time we do this, no no one knows us. We don't know anybody either. It's, probably just as probably just as well after my comments now. <laughs> oh no, they, they will take issue with you now, Paul. That's what's going to happen. I put that down actually to to, to ending up watching. Part of the David Niven around the world in eighty days. Oh right, getting into the Athenian Club. Yes, yes. <laughs> and just at the end of that, there's the it's a woman. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I still think there are still probably clubs out there that don't allow there, women oh, in. Oh there. yes, yes, there is. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's golf clubs that are out there. Aren't oh god, there? there, yeah. there's recently that Peter Alice got into a row about. Oh, that's about a year it. ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for those who don't know, Peter Alice is a, is a. Did he actually play golf himself? Yes. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, he was, did. He was yeah, a golf, he's, he's pr- golfer. Yeah, he's probably more famous as a, a BBC uh, commentator. Commentator. Yes. Uh, for, for golf, so um, yeah, he did make some sort of remark about women shouldn't be allowed <laughs> on golf courses. So yeah, completely out of touch with the rest of the world. But there you are. There you are. Mm. There's no help in some people. Um, no. Now, next to the news. Some big finish news, actually. And uh, yet again, big finish have um, managed to sign up someone from the, from the new era of Doctor Who. And this time it's uh, Michelle Gomez as Missy. Um, she's going to get in her own series um, of adventures. Um, yeah. Yeah, what do you reckon to this, Paul? I'm just not sure how they're going to work. Hmm. Because is she going to be the hero... Or the villain. And if she's the villain, who's going to be the hero? Well, it's sort of more like a, um, an anti-hero, because it says there she's going to cross paths with a meddling monk played by Rufus Hound. Yeah. As well. So, uh, 
You couldn't exactly say he was a a baddie, the meddling monk. Well, no. we'll put it this way: I haven't heard the the meddling monk character in any of the big Finnish stories since they brought him back. No. So I haven't heard of the uh, the Grand Garden meddling monk stuff yet. So um, I don't know if he's an out and out villain because he never wasn't really a villain in on the TV with Peter Butterworth, to be honest. Well, he was sort of in it for himself, wasn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't evil. He wasn't trying to sort of kill anybody no, he, or take over he, the he, universe, was he? He, he, yeah, sort of... he was more more small scale. He was yeah. just in it for what he was going to get rather than yeah, yeah, changing history just to suit his own needs rather than rather than as a means to an end to taking over everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm not too sure how it's going to work, but. I've got to be honest, Paul. I'm kind of over Missy now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, like I said, it just depends on how. I mean, what what is interesting? I mean, is is that definite now that that's the end of her in the TV? The fact that they're letting Big Finish do stuff with her. I'm kind of guessing, unless it's one of those weird things where the the character actually belongs to Stephen Moffat. Perhaps, and he's sort of contracted that character out for want of a better description. Yeah, been I don't done know. the license. Yeah, yeah, not sure, not sure. So, so I can understand how the master stuff sort of works with it because that was sort of set during the time war where yeah, he could be the hero sort of thing. And but, I mean, yeah, plus the I'm fact Big sure. Finish have got their own iteration of the master as well, haven't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know they, they continue with like the Jerick. Um, who's 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 Jerick Dacoby? <laughs> <laughs> Derek Jacoby. Oh yes, the world famous actor, <laughs> Sir Jerick Dacoby. <laughs> it's it's, it's strawberry daiquiri yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as the master. Oh Christ! I'll get my act together soon. Um, yeah, so this is actually going to be released um, on the uh, in February 2019, and you can get it for 23 pounds on CD or 20 pounds uh, on download from BigFinish.com. Yeah. So um, and it will remain. Um, that's that's at the pre-order price, and then after that, after February, it'll be uh, 35 pounds on CD and 30 pounds on download. Um, and I'd imagine that the Aren't Big Finish doing a lot of limited run of CDs now? They're going more into the download market now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's um, not surprising. Not really. It not really. It is. Uh, it's still quite expensive even for a download, to be honest. But uh, hmm. but there you go. There you go. Now, um, after all this time away um, and all the news we've had to, to talk about today, of course we've also got some tats. So let's whip over to Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets. Now, Paul, you come across this one. You sent this link across to me today, didn't you? Would you Would you like yes. to um, introduce this to the to the waiting world? Well, it's it's from uh, Rubber Toe Replicas, and we know they do a, a, a lot of good quality stuff. Oh yes, they do. And you know, some of it I can understand is you know you, you'd want that. Mm. What I'm not too sure about is this, which is the 11th and 12th Sonic TARDIS docking port. Hmm. This is this is what um, with, with pointless tat, really, isn't it? Yes. I mean, you know, may, maybe this is a case that you, that you keep 
your sonic screwdriver keeps rolling across your desk and you don't know where it is from one day to the next and you need somewhere to put it. But well, it's a constant annoyance of mine, Paul, I've got to be honest. It really is a constant annoyance. It's always rolling off the edge of the table. It is, yeah. yeah. Fine. Bloody thing. And, and before you know it, it falls on the floor and it opens the door, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot one of those TV remote ones keeps changing the sodding channel, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So this 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 sort of docking port, while it looks nice and shiny, um, it's was it made from solid aluminium and perspex? So yeah. it's usually rubber toe replicas. It, it is a you know a, a probably a, it's a genuine replica of the TV prop. Yeah, I mean um, it, is, it isn't cheap plastic. No, it's we'll, not. We'll it's say not. that. Um, however, I, yeah. What's the point to it without the rest of the TARDIS console? Yes, it's just a pen holder. That's all it is. A very expensive pen holder at that. Well, unless unless they just collect these parts over seven hundred and two weeks. Well, that, that's true. <laughs> and yes. build yourself a TARDIS. Good. I don't God. know. But I mean, how much money have you got though? If you were going to do that, because this on its own. Is ninety three pounds ninety nine. That is a hell of a lot of money, and an odd amount of money as well. Yes. At what point does that become a, you know, ninety five pounds? Could you not just yeah, you know, even ninety four ninety nine? I could have, I, I would have thought, but ninety three ninety nine just seems to be. Ah uh, no no, I've, uh, I've I've just looked into this a bit more uh, actually, and if you go to order it, because I was gonna. I was just sort of clicking on the posters and so much it, it was actually going to cost to ship yeah. to the UK and the rest of the world. Now, you've got to select your posters destination, but then you've got, also got to choose your insert. Right. As either the 12th Doctor Sonic Screwdriver or the 11th. So it's not as if it's a, it's a prop. You can put either of those Sonic Screwdrivers in. It's only one of those Sonic Screwdrivers. Right. So... Um, Actually, now, now now that I've chosen the UK destination and the 12th Doctor Sonic insert, the price now gone up to £99.98. So, right. So let's see what it does with the 11th one. Does it go down in price? No, it's still the same price. And for the rest of the world, the price is now £108.98. Mm. So, hmm. That is a hell of a lot of money. It is. For something you yeah. kind of use with one particular type of sonic screwdriver. Screwdriver. Yeah, very, very weird. Now, actually, it, this doesn't make sense now because it was asked me to put in an insert, and now, now I've selected no insert, and now it's going through £108.98 for the rest of the world. So, without the insert, does it mean it doesn't fit properly with either screwdriver? It's not entirely um, clear, if I'm honest. No. So yeah, I mean, oh, but it's it's only hundred eight pound. I mean, take a chance. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a snip, isn't it? It's a snip. Yeah, as as you as you quite rightly said, you know, rubber toe replica stuff is really really good because they do provide or have been providing props for yeah. BBC Wells and Doctor Who. Um, but that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money, and I better clear that out of the cart before I actually end up buying it. <laughs> <laughs> And just absent-mindedly at the end of this podcast will realise that he's bought 12. (laughs) (laughs) 
just absentmindedly added it, added it to the cart. <laughs> Every time you've gone back into it, you've added another one to the cart. Oh, dear. No. no, I mean, like I said, I mean, yeah, I can understand you might pay over £100 for a screwdriver mm. from them, because that's... And I can see that, because that is actually a thing that is instantly recognisable. Mm. But and it's a working prop as well. That's a, yeah. I think that I think to be honest, that's actually probably close to like two hundred and fifty quid. But um, yeah, but yeah, even I th- so, oh, well, I, think, I, mean, I think they've done a they've done a Romana one, haven't they? Which is about two hundred pounds sonic screwdriver. Yeah, but yeah, I can see that as being yeah fine. That's yeah, you're going for a, a top end thing. Yeah, and people will, if they know the show, know what that is. But I suspect if you put that on your desk, this on your desk, yeah. How many people would even know what it is unless you had the screwdriver sitting in it? Well, exactly. They'd probably think any moment now you're going to dip your quill into it. Because <laughs> 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 it does look like a very posh inkwell. That's what it really looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I think that uh, yet again, I think it's another piece of tech that I will not be purchasing. No. No. So maybe one day there will be. But... I was going well, well, maybe in an hour's time you will. Well, it's, not even, it's not even going to fit everyone's, everyone's new 13th Doctor um, sonic screwdriver, for Christ's sake. So, Although there have been some it's suggestions not, it's not where you case... can insert that one. but <laughs> It's not a case of this isn't a bit of tat that you will be buying. This is a bit of tat you'll be trying to return in about an hour's time. <laughs> We well, just think I've just wasted money and my life. So. <laughs> oh dear! Excuse me. How do I cancel the order for twenty-five of these? I've just made. <laughs> Too late, sir. They're already shipped. <laughs> Bugger. Well, if I do end up with twenty-five, we'll be giving away as, pri- as prizes on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've sold your car to pay for them. No, I don't think our listener wants twenty-five of the bloody things, though. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, let's wrap up this news section then. So that's yes. it for another week. Um, so coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about the target novelisation of the end of uh, the end. Of, I was going to say the end of the world. That's the end of the world. Just bought twenty five <laughs> sodding sodding screwdriver docking stations. You're just like, that's, a, that's that's what you're just praying for, rather than having to explain to your wife exactly what, what this what this on the credit card is for a, I, over a thousand pounds. <laughs> So, sorry, I, I can't afford to feed and clothe the family this month. <laughs> the good news, though, is I've got... <laughs> if, if, if their pens run out of ink, we can... <laughs> <laughs> so, right, we, we can return to the 17th century in style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get that money back writing sonnets. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Nah, <laughs> ain't going to happen. Sorry, we're going to starve. <laughs> okay, everybody, so for another week then, that was the news. Everybody, um, it's time to talk Target, and as we said earlier on, we're going to talk about Enemy of the World. Um, this one is written by Ian Marter, and it was released on the 17th of April, 1981. Um, one thing I didn't realise, David Whitaker was actually uh, working on his own version 
of of the novelisation of this story. I'll put my teeth in a minute. Um, Unfortunately, he he, um, but he he died before it was completed, which is why Ian Marta um, novelised it instead. So yeah, which I've got to be honest, I'm a a bit of a fan of Ian Marta's novelisation. So um, I think is this the first one we've actually covered on the podcast? Um, no, we've done one before, and I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, ooh, no, me neither. Oh, well, never mind, never mind. I've got a funny feeling it was the, um, oh, it was the first Doctor story, I seem to recall. I can't remember the name, I can't remember the actual story now. Oh, well, never mind, never mind. doesn't matter. Doesn't, we're supposed to be talking about this one. So, um, obviously, we're, we're going to comparing uh, this novelisation to the uh, televised version as well. And if you haven't seen it or read this, um, or seen the story, or read the book either, then there will be spoilers. So we, we yeah. warn you yeah. now, warn you now. Yeah. It was the Reign of Terror. Reign of Terror, thank you very much. Yes, it was. It was. Um, so anyway, what did you think of this book, Paul? Um, after such a fantastic build-up, I was actually disappointed. Really? <laughs> he was building this up, and I was thinking, "Oh no, where am I coming in now?" Because obviously, I'm I'm on my own on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on then. But what? Why uh, was it a disappointment to you? I just felt it took more away than it added. Um, and I yeah. don't know whether that's the limitations of the target book in terms of they have to be just over a hundred pages and whatever. And this was a six uh, six episode story. Yeah. Or just how much information he had to go on. I don't know, but I just I really don't think this book added. What I want from a Target book is to bring me bits that I feel were missing from the original, from the TV version. Yeah. To give me stuff that makes me look at it in a different way. Makes me look at a certain character, perhaps, in a different way. Mm, Yeah. And I think the characters in this were... In the book were more... Two dimensional than the ones on the screen. Oh, okay. Which, okay. which, which is probably obvious. It, obviously, they yes, they are. Yes, but you know, um, <clears throat> yeah. I just, I just, there, there was just stuff, and I don't know whether it was done. Giles Kent's character wasn't as, I don't think, as sinister in the books as he was on screen. Because th- there's bit yeah. in the in the in you know in the on the screen, he basically sets up the doctor to do the first in, first, first impersonation, impersonation. Yeah, yeah, of right. Salamander, because you get the you called him because you know, what does what is what's Bruce doing here? Mm. You called him, and it was to put him on, you know, to make him have to do it. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's more a case of he disappears, he's supposed to be going to the other room to hide, and he comes out and surprises all them by doing the salamander impression. Well, I, I think what, what Imart has done in the book, um, he's kind of made the Doctor more in control of the situation. 
because in in the the actual televised version, the Doctor's not at all, as you say. He Kent sets him up. Um, yeah. The whole thing with the um, the heli when they rescued in the helicopter, Astrid. Um, they have to make an emergency landing, um, and basically, so Astrid said, "Don't you know? Don't talk to me." Know, while I'm flying, but in the book, it's the doctor who says, um, "I think you better land quickly." You know, the yeah. there's a hole in the pet in, in the fuel tank. Yeah, but that that's not there in, in the televised version at all. So, I think what what Ian Martin's trying to do is sort of build up the the doctor's part a bit more, so he's not quite so. Um, well, I kind of put it I'm probably not so Troughton like, really. Cause, yeah, because Tr- Troughton's I- doctor wasn't wasn't really. Not outwardly in control of any situation. He probably was, but outwardly he was like a like a bumbling sort of clown, easily panicked. Hmm. But this is actually a story where, at the end, you realise the Doctor has been in control. Yeah. So I think actually, I thought the TV version actually worked to a certain extent, slightly slightly better from that point of view that actually Troughton actually it's only when he's actually in the records room mm. with Kent at the end that you realise the doctor knows what's Kent's he sort of suspects been from up the to beginning. all yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 And that's why he sets him up. <coughs> so there's other bits. I mean also when he says about um again when he's gonna impersonate in the T V when he's gonna when they're in the caravan talking about impersonating Going into the uh, centre, mm. there he talks about the fact that he won't help him free his companions unless he does it. Yeah, and the, but there's none of that in the book. It's more, and I don't know whether in the book they're trying to spring the surprise of Kent isn't just the 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 person who's trying to search for truth. And trying to, you know, stop mm. this evil man, because that is that does come as a complete change to to the situation in the book. Because he's not been evil up to, he's not done anything that's sly or whatever up till then. Mm, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um... But I just don't know whether mm. it. Whether it works or not, and then... well, I, I've got this. I quite, I, I mean, I did enjoy reading it. Um, I think money from the. I mean, yes, it is a, you know, it's a very <coughs> slight book when you compare to the, you know, the six episodes you, you watch on the telly. Yeah. Um, but I think what Ian Martin has, has done, he's excised all the, he's trimmed the fat off the story. If you see what I mean, he's taken all the padding out because there is an awful lot of padding. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sad to see the, the whole cook stuff go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, thrill as as Victoria puts together a menu for this evening's dinner. <laughs> yes, you know, um, and and the other thing that the doctor having having a oh no, I was looking for cooking tips over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the other thing as well that at the beginning with the, with the doctor sort of like you know stripping off down to his long johns and, and rushing into the sea. I mean that that was. Um, Excise from the book as well. Um, yes. Which, yeah, it, it kind of made. I, I just find that sync weird anyway. To be the, yeah. the doctor just running off like that. Uh, but just, I just found it a bit peculiar. So I, I like what he's what he has, what he's done is he's sort of like trimmed the fat out, and I think that's what he's done really with the, with the Kent character, or actually with with, the, with a lot of the story actually. He, he just kept it moving. 
Yeah. It moved along at a faster pace than it certainly did on, on the TV. Yeah. Um which I which I I I didn't mind and I and I think I I would disagree with you about um one of the characters in the book, uh, the Benick character, who he made an utterly despicable individual in the book, I felt. I felt the book made him more sort of, oh, I can't put it, sort of slimy and manipulative yeah. than he was whereas on the, the t- telly. Whereas the TV, we just got Milton John's evil elf, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yes, exactly. <laughs> Good though he was, I mean, he does play yes. that sort of that sort of oily little, yeah, toad really, which was basically what the, what the character was. But in the in the in the book where he sort of um, he's interrogating Jamie and Victoria, and he's he's got the gun pointed at her head, and he's sort of sort of tw- 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 twisting the barrel of the gun into her hair, and yeah. it's a lot more threatening, but in, but in a very um, I'm just trying to think of a. You, you sort of in the book. You, I, I can put it. Right. I think in the book you sort of get the impression that he he takes great pleasure in um, belittling women, yeah, and threatening them. It's an e- for for him. They're an easy target if you if you see what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's power crazy in it, really, isn't he? He is, I mean, yeah. But I, th- but I think that I think that came across better in the book than it did on the on the TV. I, I felt so anyway. I felt so. I mean, yeah. I mean, because he's. I mean, he's a nice cat. I mean, the fact that he tries to um, threaten. I've forgotten her name now. It's gone. By, by shooting her when she's already dying. Oh, um, Friar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, I actually, I, I mean, I hadn't watched any of the world in a long time, and I thought that that sounds like a. Um, a near martyr thing to add into the book because he's 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 sort of descriptions of of sort of you know people dying or or something like a a, a monster's transformation are very very graphic and very descriptive and I thought this was something he put into into the book but no that was actually on the yeah, TV was, as well yeah yeah, yeah which yeah. I was quite surprised about and this was quite a hard hitting story. It's more hard hitting than I than I originally remembered, if I'm honest. I mean, when you're reading the book, everybody who dies in the book dies on TV. I mean, it's not there's not an embellishment that oh, we can be a bit more take it that bit further. Well, in he, the book, he, he well he he did really because I mean we talked about the the the, the um, friar character. Yeah. Um, it says about you know the, the sort of the line of red dots that appeared. Across yeah. her when they when they shot her, so that was, um, and then also, um, well, you don't get you don't get a Swan being smacked on the head. Well, no, because in the book yeah, it, the it, it's a, it's a sharp bit of like flint, isn't it? Yeah, and you get that thing with his hair filling with blood, and then I think yeah. after Astrid finds him, it's his, and I thought that that actually worked quite well. The sort of that a betrayal of of, of Salamander. Um, yeah, his tears were mingling with the. With, with with the blood pouring out the wound on his head because he was he was just so yeah. distraught that he'd been lied to. Um, yeah, I thought that actually worked quite well. Um, but no, it's it's when they rescue. Um, oh, what's the character? Um, is it De- Dennis? Yeah, is that I think that's how you pronounce it? Um, 
it's when he gets shot and you, you get more of a, a conversation between um was it him and Astrid that which is not there yeah. in the in the um in the in the televised version at all. No. And it, I, I don't know where a lot of these missing episodes because there was only episode three remaining, wasn't there? Yeah. And all the rest were found by, by Philip Morris. Were a lot of them found from Australian TV, by any chance? Because a lot of the more violent stuff was, was cut out, wasn't it? Um, I, don't, I don't know where these... Because there did appear to be a few like, think... very abrupt cuts. Especially after Dennis got shot in the back when they're trying to escape. When he's locked up in the hallway, which... I think he did try to address in the book. He was actually locked up in a cell. So, yeah, not not just in a nice, nicely decorated hallway. But... but I like the fact that in TV they they just they actually did cover it up or try to cover that up, didn't they? By saying it's easier to see if you can escape. Yeah, I know. Isn't it? <laughs> We've built this set now. We haven't got the money to build a cell set, so. <laughs> We're gonna hold him in the middle of the in the in the corridor. Oh dear. Yeah. So um, now I, I did think the, the sort of like the other the deaths in it um, were a lot more um, a lot more graphic than anything yeah. they could get away with on television at that at that point. Um, but as, as I said, these books were aimed at children. Mm. Now, I mean, I I enjoy Martyr's writing. I know you don't you haven't particularly enjoyed this one, but. Coming back to Swan again, with with uh, same with his hair filling with blood and his tears mingling with 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 the, with the blood as you know as well. Do you think that's a maybe a step too far for a, for a book that's aimed at children? Um, I mean, there, I'm playing devil's questions... advocate. It wouldn't have bothered me as a as a child. Put it that way. No, I mean, there's questions about this 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 story anyway, wasn't there? Because of the the use of the word bastard in it. That's right. Yeah. Which again was was added for Benick to say, wasn't it? Yeah. So, and as was pointed out when we said we was going to do a, a review of this, by mm. <laughs> time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know what sort of age group these were written for, and certainly, of course, by these were later. Stories weren't they? I mean, this was what, 81. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, that's by the time it's written, so so the whole what is acceptable, I suspect, barriers line has been moved somewhat from the from previous some, some of the earlier target books. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I mean, it wouldn't have bothered me when I was no, me neither. I was that age. Well, considering I was reading things like James Herbert's The Rats, and um, hmm. I was I was reading stuff a lot more graphic than that, to be honest. But then again, and, and they, they honest, weren't children's books. Explain book, a so. lot, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does explain a lot. Yes, <laughs> the nightly sacrifices and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I know the price of chickens these days is is appalling. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, 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 mean, I was really just playing devil's advocate there um, because you know it, it, so it, it, it doesn't bother me. At <laughs> what, all. what when you're sacrificing the chicken? No, it doesn't. Doesn't bother <laughs> me the slightest, actually. <laughs> no, but yeah, I just, I just felt. I mean, I'm sure it's the restriction on how many pages, mm. but when you sort of get, 
something like the Silurians, when that's adapted, you've got so much more of the backstory of everybody and everything. Yeah. That you just really <clears throat> didn't get in this story. There's just nothing. Well, you, I mean, that was a that was adapted by Malcolm Hulk from his own script, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm beginning to wonder what David Whittaker's novelisation would have turned out like had he had he lived to finish yeah. it. And, and how much and how much stuff does did Ian Marta have to be able to write this? Well, that's I mean, the thing. It could have been. Is, he, it, is could he have been going, a, it could have been a quick right in. We've we've got to get this out quickly. You know. Yeah, I mean, we're we're saying this from a point of view of having we're we're analysing this book. Which is prob- which is unfair, really, because we're analysing this book having just watched all six episodes. Yeah, yeah, which was obviously a luxury that wasn't allowed to him. Precisely. I mean, he might have had a copy of the shooting scripts if he was lucky. I, I, that would that would have yeah. been the the, you know, the sum of it. Yeah, you know, the sum of it really. Uh, there was nothing else to go on. So, but at that yeah. stage, even if he'd wanted to go and watch it before he did the novelisation, he couldn't. No, that's right. So, yeah, so he would have been going. He'd have been going off that one episode that survived, and the script probably even for descriptions of the characters. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, as you sort of, sort of saying, really, he, he he could have been writing this with one hand tied behind his back, really. Hmm. You know, he, he wasn't in full full possession of the you know of the. Um, or maybe not, maybe not of the script, or as you say, he couldn't. He certainly couldn't watch it. He had, didn't have David Whittaker to to reference either. No, you know, so you couldn't call him up and ask him. So yeah, you could be right. But... And there must, uh, and, and and to a certain extent, if you're then going to elaborate and make up bits of yourself, you probably don't know whether that contradicts what was on the screen. No, um, because you can't even cross reference it to say, oh, that's okay. I'm I'm free to. Say what I like about that character's past, because obviously it may not be. Mm. I mean, it's just a question of whether we ever believe they'd be found again. Well, this other thing as well. I mean, do I mean what do you think of this as a story? Full stop. Because it is. I think it's, it's just it's a it's a very weird story. I feel this one and and the whole subplot of the people underground that are causing. These sort of these earthquakes and volcanoes, you know, these natural disasters. Um, it seems sort of very, very, sort of convoluted, and it's never really explained how they actually achieve it either. I know you don't have to have everything no. explained to you, but it's not even a no. hint of how they're causing these disasters to happen. I mean, actually, as a story, I really like it just because it is different. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a historical story, and it's not a monster story. Well, no, it's th- not in space. No, it's it's, it's almost a, a, I suppose, a spy story to to a certain degree. Is it- I mean, because it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because on the TV, because the the number that um, Bruce gives to Jamie to ring to for for to, to call his assistant Forrester. Yeah. Is 007, isn't it? In the book, it is. And it's 001 on the television. One in the, yeah. So, and you wonder whether the 007 comes from Ian Martyrs. That's Ian Martyrs in joke. This is actually a spy story. This is more of a Bond story than it's a Doctor Who story. Well, Salamander is, is basically, in all but name, um, is a Bond villain. 
Yeah. Yeah, all that's missing is the cat, really. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's practically a Bond villain. You know, he's, he's even got an underground lair, for Christ's sake. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that whole thing of people being trapped underground and, you know, how did, how did he get away with doing that for so long, with, you know? <laughs> well, actually, I mean, that, that I can sort of understand, because if he's then the only one who's got... I mean, him and, obviously, as you find out, him and Kent have, have basically set this up from the start. Yeah. And to do exactly this. I mean, they've lured those people down there under the false pretense, but knew from the start what they was gonna what was gonna be what they was gonna be doing. Yeah. Um The fact that yeah, he can requisition rations and nobody's would query it. I mean, I, I can sort of see that. I mean, actually, the bit that really you sit there and you think to yourself, the one thing really that doesn't make sense is, why does he let Kent live? Precisely. Having killed everybody else... Yes. ...that, that could possibly cause him a problem. Um, Why not? Why Why didn't he just kill Kent? Precisely, yeah. That, that doesn't make any... Any the one person whatsoever. who yeah. actually knows what's going on. Yeah. And there's no rational explanation given for that. I mean, I think it would have been better. There's actually something I thought I might get from the book was, was a reason for that. That, you know, he had... That Salamander wasn't sure what information Kent had that would come out if he killed... You know, mm. if there was some sort of... Almost a bargaining on that. That, as long as I'm alive... This information will stay hidden. Mm. But there was none of that, was but there? Once I'm once I'm dead, it'll come out, and you know Salamander sort of knows that Kent will keep his side of the bargain because he wants to get back in. Yeah. You know, I thought we was going to get that in the book, and that sort of, that's partly what I'm disappointed about is the fact that it doesn't address that at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I thought that was a, that was an ideal part part that a book could address. Yeah. To have brought the story really right round and into a more believable situation. Well, I think the, the other thing, um, as we're talking about the you know the people underground, and maybe you can sort of correct, correct me this or, or confirm. So I can't because I, I, I read the book and then when I watched the TV version, all the people underground survive; they get rescued. Basically, did that actually happen? In I thought they all died in the book. No, in the but no, in the book that she sets off the last bit you see of Astrid is Bruce's assigning men to help her try and find a way to the Yeah, because there, there was none of that te- televised link up thing to see if there were survivors, was there? No. 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 So they not, didn't know like, whether they no, survived. No, it's like a concern, sort of confirmed that they were alive. No, that's what I suspected. But they are going. Yeah. But they are but 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 she is going off to because she's made the promise to Swan that she will she will bring save them up them. to the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is I like. I actually, I, well, I, what, what's actually not in the book mm. that was in the the TV, unless unless again I missed it, mm. is the fact the whole decontamination chamber and Astrid proving that's phony. That's not in the book. No, which I think was quite a big. Well, it's all a bit different because they all uh, they all sort of attack with, with brooms, don't they? Yeah. Um, but in the book, which actually makes more sense because they were eating at the time, which they were on the TV as well. 
Um, they like throw stuff at throw them. stuff at like their their sort of plates and one actually sort of hits her. Yeah. Um, but in the but they just sort of try and sweep her out of the room, don't they? So, yeah. <laughs> or poke her with big sticks or something. You know, it's uh, no. I think it was uh, no. I, I think that. The explanation of the a decontamination thing worked a lot better on on the TV. So that's just not yeah, and just wasn't addressed, was it? No, there wasn't. No, she didn't actually prove to them that there wasn't any radiation and that it was all uh, a hoax. Yeah, which you know, I sort of thought again was something that was actually quite a a part of the the story. Yeah, made them believe a lot quicker that yeah. you know. There was no war. There is no radiation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I think I think probably this book does suffer from the fact that it is one of the missing stories. Yeah, and you know the 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 person who, who was novelised in this didn't have access to the person who wrote the script. Hmm. I mean, again, I think, yeah. You know, I mean, was, was, was that added? Was that added at a, a later date than the script it, they had? Exactly. It could have been. It could have been. You know, it was something that was put. I mean, it, it just. Like I say, yeah, it's just a shame. We I mean, we'll never know. I mean, it's, no. there's never going to be. No. I mean, um, the the other thing as well um, is the 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 ending of the book where Salamander goes out the TARDIS. Um, yeah. I quite like this, the description. Is like he was sort of he, when he got into the vortex, he was sort of being pulled in all directions. I quite it's like he's made out of rubber, which yeah. I thought was quite a um, a good description. Um, and then the book just sort of it just sort of ends, doesn't it? And it's not until I yeah. watch the televised version, I go, "Oh no, that is one abrupt ending." Yeah, because obviously it leads directly into the next story. Um, but but again, it's sort of like even the the book doesn't even try and sort of tidy that up a little bit. No, no. actually, one of the, one of the things where I think actually the the book was worse than the TV again was the fact in the TV. Mm. You get right. The doctor leaves the um, the centre with Bruce. Yes, Brickles room with Bruce, and then it cuts to Jamie standing at the door of the TARDIS, and you see what you think is the Doctor coming towards you. Mm. And you get that. Then get the scene in there where Salamander's pretending to be the Doctor. Yeah, and not speaking. In the book, they put in the line. From Forrester, don't they, to Bruce, before you get to that scene, that says, "Oh, the Doctor sends his regards. He left half an hour ago." Yeah, which then tells you, "Oh, Salamander's escaped." Because at that point, you don't you you think Salamander's died? Well, because yeah, because Bruce says, "Oh, I, I, but I just saw him off not a moment ago or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the TV thing, you think Salamander's dead. So when the, the when the, the um. You see the, you think the Doctor arriving at the TARDIS. You think is, is the Doctor. Yeah. Whereas in the book, they've already pre-warned you. No, Salamander's got away. So then it becomes. It's sort they've of sort of ruined the telegraphs reveal, that. Yeah. 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 Which should be the Doctor's the Doctor's voice in the background saying, "I thought you was dead or whatever." Yeah. Whatever. I can't remember what he actually says now, in there. So I thought that was a particularly. Pointless bit of adding into the book when it could, when other things could have been added where where it yeah. was needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you've obviously got such a short time frame to put in there. Yeah, um, yeah. I just no, thought no, that, I don't, that, I don't that, that didn't need that. Yeah, 
I know. I get what you mean there, but I, I mean, I mean, put all that to one side. I must admit, I I actually did enjoy reading this. To be honest, I think. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I'm, I think I'm, my I'm, yeah, the point not... of view, it, it did, it did trim out all the unnecessary stuff. But as you say, it didn't add in stuff that probably was required a bit more. You know, description and, and background on on characters. But for me, it it just sort of went through a real cracking good pace. I felt. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a book. Um, it didn't hang about. It did feel like a fast-paced thriller. Yeah. Rather than getting written, oh yeah, getting, I mean yeah, I know, rec- I th- recipes I it... for this evening's dinner. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, oh, to a certain extent, yeah. There, there was bits where they obviously had six episodes to fill. Yeah. And 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 the sort of episodes three and four are always going to be a bit more filler than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly but, were. So. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've got no problems with cutting that. It's just just other little bits that were there. And you just thought... I mean, I did like the fact in the book you got the fact that the Doctor sneaks in behind Kent. Yeah. Into the room. Because in the TV thing, you are left to thinking, well, how the hell did the Doctor get in to the records room to confront Kent in the first place. That's right, yeah. It's because it was all supposed to be locked and only Kent got in because he had another key. Yeah. But, so I thought that, that that was about the only question that I think the book answered that I didn't think was answered by the TV thing. No, I see TV it. series. Yeah, Yeah. so so for you this one's a little bit of a um, a bit of a disappointment then. Just because I think it could, I mean, it's it's enjoyable. I'm not saying you know, oh, you know, that was a waste of time, and I don't want to read that again. And yeah, whatever. It's enjoyable. It's just I was perhaps expecting more, and I probably set. Yeah, I mean, especially after and, after, and, and after pro- the, the, the the last Ian Martin novelisation yeah. we we read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably and probably because it's only actually why we've been talking that I've actually started to real put it into context myself as to what problems there would have been in writing this book. Yeah. Because we do tend to, yeah, I, I've, I've just watched all six episodes, why couldn't you have written it like that, you know? Yeah. To somebody who'd never seen them, so... So, uh, so you've, yeah. So, basically, you're acting like an entitled Doctor Who fan, Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> as is my right. <laughs> there was just actually two other throwaway things actually to mention about this. Yeah. Is the fact that obviously the TV um, series is set in the far distant future of 2018. And do you know, I was going the other thing as well, when he, when he found that um, the, bit, the scrap of newspaper on the, on the bottom of the box... Yeah, you, you couldn't remember that happening on your birthday last yeah, year. Yeah, it happened on my 47th birthday, that, that ship <laughs> overturning, yeah. <laughs> it's lucky it wasn't a birthday present gift, wasn't it, that you was on that boat? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't take the option of that cruise now for my birthday. <laughs> oh, Actually, what, what day was your birthday this year? Actual date, day. Uh, it was a Thursday. Yeah. Because interestingly, according to the TV, last year, mm. 
your birthday was on a Friday. It was a leap year backwards. It was. <laughs> yeah, we let back a year this year. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good you want that birthday again, don't you? <laughs> You're gearing up to it next year again. <laughs> um, I don't think, well, they didn't even bother working that out on the screen. No, they, they didn't. Were, well, actually, no, no, it was what very... day that will be in the future. Well, suppose but they didn't actually have Google to work it out for them, did they? So... <laughs> Oh, come on, you, you can add that up, surely. <laughs> but perhaps they just miscalculated the, the leap years. Maybe, that, I, I think know. that's probably what happened there, if I'm honest, yeah. Someone yeah. was like that. But, and also, like, in the TV, they're using sort of, like, ring things, aren't they, to... They're using circular metal things to to produce the, 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 the speech and show the speech in the conference. Mm. In the book, where they've brought it right up to date to 2030, they're using VHS cassettes. <laughs> yes, they were, weren't they? Because <laughs> obviously by 1981, that's the new technology, so I suppose that was the incoming thing. Yeah, no, no, no. The fact they didn't even, the fact they didn't even last till 2018. Yeah, I know exactly how how stuff moves on without people realizing. I I mean, unless, of course, unless, of course. VHS is going to make a comeback in 2030, like vinyl is now. What goes around know. comes around, Paul. It's going to happen. It's going to there'll happen. Be people, there'll be people talking about, oh no, you've got to watch the film in VHS. The picture quality is so much more realistic. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be recording our podcast. So much warmer. I say we'll be recording our podcast on reel to reel recorders. Magnetic tape, it's the future. Oh, I'll be hand cranking the wax cylinder, as they say. Oh dear. I'll get the dog to bark into the speed into the microphone. Isn't it? Yes. Was it his master's voice, wasn't it? So. Yes. Oh dear. Yeah, so I, I think to sort of sum this up, I think it, it's good, but could be better, really, couldn't it? I mean, I, I, I did enjoy yeah. it, but I, I certainly do agree with what what you say. Um, yeah. For, for an I, mean, I, 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 I think I think and it, it, and it isn't necessarily a criticism of, of Ian Martyr. I think this is just a um, a result of circumstance, really. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think we. I mean, you know, we we could be, you know surmising a lot here but I think you know I think that's probably pretty much what happened yeah really you know without um, sort of calling up Target and asking asking them you know exactly what happened but uh, ah there we go so um, there we are that's our um, Target novelisation review for for that particular story and it's going to be our last Target novelisation review for a very long time because for the um Obviously, we're going to be away for a week. And then um, week beginning the 8th of October, we'll be back as a weekly podcast for the, for the, for the following 10 weeks after that, um, talking about Doctor Who, Series 13. Yes. Yes. So, I, I don't know about you, Paul. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to it, but actually sort of quite nervous at the same time. Because it, it, I think, I think people have been saying it's it's either going to be the uh, the reboot and and get people excited about Doctor Who again, um, or it's going to be so bad people are going to stop watching it. 
If you see I'm, what I mean. It seems, to be, it, it seems to lurch from one extreme to the other. That's how people seem to be viewing it at the moment. I'm, I'm, I am slightly nervous about how much they're going to change this. I know change is good. That's what Doctor Who's always been about. But how, just how I'm, much, is it, how drastic a change is it going to be? I'm in the really looking forward to it, Kemp. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward I to have, it, but I'm nervous at the same time. I have no negative thoughts about it at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I hope that does, that doesn't happen. Um, no, I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm looking forward to this probably in the same way as I was when it first came back. So, mm. I, th- I, I think, think for, is... I think for me, I think I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast actually, but I think for me, this is sort of like the time where the production team changed in 1980. And you had J and T took over, and you had the new titles, the new rearrangement of the of the of the theme tune, um, the previous com- series composer, Dudley Simpson was his, his services were no longer required. You had you had the BBC Radiophonic Workshop took over, so the incidental music was was different as well. Um, I think it, it's, I think what's going to happen on the seventh of October is going to be that kind of seismic change for the show. I really do. Mm. And I just think it's going to take, you know, the the diehard fans. I think it's just going to take a bit of getting used to. That's it, really. But that's, we, that's we, we, we will see. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, I think I think um, this is this this sort of generation's J and T moment. I I think. <laughs> you really are nervous about this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, no, honestly, I do. I don't mean that in a in a, in a bad way. I think it, it, it is going to be total change. And and I think after years of like Tom Baker and seeing those same um, those same credits, the same music, the same style of incidental music, um, same style of direction, um, and the do, do, do you know what I mean? When when yeah. you saw that, you know, season eighteen, it was like, wow, what is this? It was it, Doctor Who completely changed that moment, and it you know, um, and I think that's what it's going to be like. In a couple of weeks or less than two weeks' time now, I think that that is how it's going to be. I think Chris Chibnall is going to be this generation's uh, John Nathan Turner for a lot of people. You're, you're you're just thinking this is now the slow decline of Bonnie Langford. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be like that at all. Um, I, th- I think you know, it's it, yes, it is. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm just so. I'm so curious to see what, what what it's going to turn out like. I yeah. really am. No, I'm 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 very much in the the looking forward to it, and I mainly don't want to to think that it's going to be bad. So no, no, um, I, I think I, I, this this could this could well be interesting in in as we say twelve weeks time. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, when, when we get our, to the end where, of the season, where our opinions have got to. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we should, we but then should that's see. good. I mean, come on, look. If, if we thought it was just going to be the same old, same old, we'd, well, you know, why just keep doing a podcast? Really? Well, yeah, precisely, precisely. And and I think this is, I think for a lot of Who fans, says, says the people that've been doing it for seven years. Would well, you know what? <laughs> I, I I'm not entirely sure where the people's nervousness has come from. Now, yeah, I know we've got the whole. It's a woman. I'm not going to watch it. Um, but I think that the the, the other side to that it. It's Chris Chibnall, and yeah. let's be honest, his output for Doctor Who has not been great. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's more it's more him. Yeah. Than Yeah, I've got no I've actually got I've actually the little bits that we have seen in terms of Jodie Whittaker have actually been Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. I can see her as the doctor already. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, so, I think it's I th- I think my own personal point of view it, it's it's going to be the Chibnall factor. But then Doctor Who should always stand or fall on the stories. Yes, it should do precisely. And that's that should always be the most important. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of people so, sort of didn't didn't take to Capaldi's Doctor, um, but then I think people are sort of coming around to the fact that okay, he was a good actor, or he still is a good actor, I should say. Um, I, th- I think the script's letting down, and I and I'm not a, a, a Moffat detractor. Only stretch of the imagination, but I think maybe some of those scripts could have been a bit better for him. Hmm. Maybe people would have taken to him a bit more. I don't know. As you say, the stories sell everything, don't they? Yeah. So, but anyway, we shall see. We haven't got long to wait yeah. now. We haven't we, got long we, to wait. We will know. As I say, yeah, 12 weeks' time, we're, we'll be able to base, base whatever we, we're, we're saying now on fact of seeing it. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So there we are. So until yeah. then, folks, when we're back with new Doctor Who to talk about, and I'm kind of hoping as well we're going to be back with Omega's Stats Corner as well. Yes, that, that, that's really what's been missing. Isn't it, it is, Omega's Stats Corner. So there might be the, the return of um, viewing overnight viewing figures. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and all its appreciation index. Yay! Oh, dear. So... We we shall see. We shall see. We'll, we'll soon. We'll all know soon enough. So yeah. until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.